Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. It's been a little while since I last talked to you guys following Washington's 12-7 victory over the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football last week. As we sit here on this beautiful Friday morning, just a few days away, Washington hosting Aaron Rodgers in the 3-3 Green Bay Packers. There's a lot to get into. Not going to waste your time. We're going to jump right into it. As always, these previews, offense and defense will get in to where I believe Washington has advantages in this game, disadvantages, and just provide an overall outlook for you guys on each positional group for Green Bay where Washington has an advantage at. And this is a massive week, week seven already. Can't believe it's already week seven. But this is a Green Bay Packers team coming in that's lost two of their last three games after starting out two and one. So they're looking to get back on track. And obviously with Aaron Rodgers in the helm, Feels like we play the Packers every single year. Just last year, we saw Washington, led by Taylor Heineke, go into Green Bay. Now it was a loss, but there were positives to take from that. But the biggest thing this week is Taylor Heineke. Back with the offensive reins, back in his hands of Scott Turner and Ron Rivera's offense. But the biggest thing for me with Taylor Heineke, and we'll get into Sam Howell. I know a lot of you out there are interested in in my opinion on Sam Howell and what the overall arc or potential path to snaps for Sam Howell is right now. We'll get into that a little bit. I have a piece on the draftnetwork.com kind of highlighting that as well on our main site right now that I wrote about this week as far as the potential for Sam Howell as he's just one snap away from NFL action. But for Heineke, someone who's battle-tested. We saw the success that he had against Tom Brady in the playoffs in 2020. Kept Washington in that football game. You look back to his 15 starts last fall, the tier one quarterbacks that he faced traveled to Buffalo and faced Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts. He faced Tom Brady and beat Tom Brady. Washington won seven games last year. They faced Justin Herbert in week one. Now, not everything was perfect. There was a ton of concerns as far as Heineke under center and the lapses that he obviously showed and things that he needed to improve upon. But this is a guy that is battle-tested. He understands the offense. And you look at the concerns that Washington has on offense right now, and it starts with the offensive line. And then you compare Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke from a mobility standpoint, and I'll take Heineke seven days out of the week. So adding that mobility within the pocket, outside of structure, getting him on those naked bootlegs, allowing guys to work over the middle of the field on crossers. Now, from an arm talent perspective, Carson Wentz by far has more arm talent as a bigger, more physical body that uses that torque, creates that torque with his lower half and is able to pump it downfield, not just within the intermediate 15 to 25 yards of the offense, but really push it down the field 35, 45 yards that we've seen early in the year. Taylor Heineke doesn't have the best arm strength in the league. In fact, it's below average. We've seen that all last year and even moving back into the later portions of 2020. However, he's someone that, again, the importance of him understanding this offense, he can come in at a moment's notice, like he is now, 
But it's been week seven. It's been six weeks that he stood on the sideline. Weeks before that, OTAs, minicamp, training camp, where he's been the number two guy. But you look back to last year, he had a full off season of being, hey, I'm the guy in this building. And this is another chance for him to showcase, I deserve a spot. He's one of the higher level backup quarterbacks in the NFL. We sat here last year and said, does, do, does anybody want Taylor Heineke starting 17 games for you? Probably not. But in this scenario where Carson Wentz is expected to be out at least a month, this is where it's his chance to come in and pump Terry McLaurin with targets. Get Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson and J.D. McKissick the ball. And then it opens up play action. It allows him to create outside the pocket once the box begins to be stacked because teams are going to force him to beat. Washington's going to be forced with Heineke to throw the ball. Defenses, secondaries are going to say, hey, look, we're going to stack the box with eight guys. We're going to run some cover three on the outside and force you to beat us with your arm. And if you do, tip of the cap. That's what I expect the Green Bay Packers to do this week, especially with the talent that they have at the second and their third level. And then you look up front, which we will get into, and the guys that they have able to push the pocket. But for Taylor Heineke, he is someone that is battle-tested and that matters in the NFL. Now, you look at a guy behind him and Sam Howell. For me, I'm extremely excited for Sam Howell. I don't know if we will ever see him this year in Pats. I talked about at the beginning of the year that most likely he will sit this year in t-shirt and shorts and street clothes with an earpiece and a clipboard for the entirety of the season. Well, it's been six weeks, but here we are. Because the carousel of quarterback for Washington has continued to spin. Hasn't stopped. We can't go one season and just have one guy under center for 17 games. That's not how it is in D.C. We all know that. That's not how the burgundy and gold rolls. It's just not. We haven't had that luxury yet, like a lot of other teams had. But at the end of the day, they aren't 0-6. They are not 1-5. They are 2-4. and and the next two games are massive towards this team, team's potential. Green Bay at home, and you travel to a Colts roster that's shown some improvements these last few weeks with new quarterback Matt Ryan, and you got Jonathan Taylor in the, back, in the backfield who's been dealing with some injuries. We'll get to that later on, and we'll maintain the focus and the lens on the Green Bay Packers. But it starts and stops with Taylor Heineke, and I'm extremely interested to see the game plan for Scott Turner this week. Because we saw against the Bears, Carson Wentz missing crossers over the middle of the field. Simple concepts. Guys out of the backfield. He looked shell-shocked against the Bears. And it's unfortunate that he broke his ring finger on his right hand. That's terrible. You never want to see a guy get injured, especially what's in your quarterback. And you, you traded the capital that you did for him. to so bring him into the building and be your starter. A guy that you thought could lead you to the playoffs. And he's shown a ton of flashes this year. I've talked about it a lot on here. It has not been Carson Wentz's fault this fall. Now, against Chicago, it's his worst game as a commander, 100%. However, you got to move forward, and it's a next-man-up mentality in the NFL. It's Heineke's offense. Show me something. If you're bad, put Sam Howell in the game. However, I think that's going to take a lot. I think he's, Heineke is going to have to be dreadful for Sam Howell to get in the football game. Because you look at this game this week, and if you ask around the industry... No one's going to pick Washington to beat Green Bay. It doesn't matter that Green Bay's had their struggles on the road. They just lost to the Giants in London. They got their backsides beaten by the Vikings on opening day. They have a ton of struggles on both offense 
and defense right now in Green Bay. So let's get into the Green Bay preview. I could talk about Taylor Heineke all day, and I'm really excited to see him in the offense. I am. I think he's going to be juiced up and really provide some energy, especially at home at FedEx Field, where I know a lot of you guys out there love Taylor Heineke and, and just the juice that he provides, being a local guy at ODU, the story of him playing in the XFL with the Battle Hawks and now with Washington over the last few years is someone that will provide a ton of juice. Hell, maybe we get a, a pylon dive that we've seen almost every single week from Taylor Heineke when he's under center. And maybe Washington wins this football game. Who knows? They have the talent to do so. And I think Taylor Heineke could very, I can say very easily, but he will keep them competitive this week. He's the guy. High-level backup. Now he's your starter for however long. If he catches fire and Washington goes on a run like we've seen in the past where they start reeling off three, four wins consecutively, then you got a situation like what Dallas has been dealing with with Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. Now, it's not great that Cooper Rush didn't look good against the, excuse me, against the Eagles. And now Dak Prescott's slated to start this week against the Lions. But who knows if Taylor Heineke can get hot? Who knows? We'll see. If he does, great. It puts Washington in a position to fight back within this division where they're obviously in the basement right now. So let's move into Green Bay, a, a, a offense obviously led by Aaron Rodgers, who's a Hall of Fame talent. We've seen what he can do, but there's no Devontae Adams there anymore. And that was the big narrative and the overarching umbrella over this team of how was their offense going to look with Devontae Adams out. Now, obviously in Las Vegas with Derek Carr. Hasn't been good. I just recently wrote a piece at thedraftnetwork.com. If you guys want to kind of dive into the formations and stuff that the Packers like to run, they run that pony formation. And what that means is that when Aaron Rodgers aligns in the backfield in shotgun with Aaron Jones to his left hip and A.J. Dillon to his right hip, that's their pony formation. They put two of their best playmakers on offense, despite being running backs, on the field at the same time. And then on the outside, it's Alan Lazard, who's their leading receiver, and it's rookie Romeo Dubs. From Nevada. They drafted Christian Watson on day two out of North Dakota State. Someone that I was extremely high on in the draft process, but has battled injuries and flat out just has not been good so far in his in his rookie season. Then you got a guy like Randall Cobb, who's going to be out for the next month, so he will not be playing on Sunday. This is a, an offense from a receiver's perspective that does not scare anybody. However, there's a ton of expectation for Romeo a guy that was Carson Strong's top target in the air raid offense for Nevada last year. Some of you guys have watched Cole Turner tape. You're familiar with Carson Strong. You're familiar with Romeo Dubs. All three of those guys were at Nevada last fall. And Dubs has arguably been their top receiver with Lazard. He's going to be targeted a ton this week. We will see if it's Benjamin St. Juice or, or Kendall Fuller. One of those twos will obviously be on the outside, most like, likely with Rashad Wild Goose in the slot, who took advantage of his opportunities against Chicago. I thought he played well in the slot. So that's a tip of the cap. It's a week-by-week thing. And it's a snap-by-snap thing with these corners. I thought Benjamin's played well. Kendall Fuller is Kendall Fuller. And Rashad Wild Goose, at least last week, played well. But this is another week with a guy in Aaron Rodgers that's seen every defense. He's seen every exotic blitz look that you could throw at him. Your running man, your running zone, he's seen it all. Whether you're rotating late, that's something Washington is going to have to do a very good job of, is disguising what they're going to run on defense this week. I don't care who's on the outside. If you got number 12 slinging the ball, you're going to have a chance. And then you got guys like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon is more of the thunder to Jones' lightning. 
but these are guys that can compete and produce at very high levels, both on early downs in the run game, and if you want to get them out in space, as pass catchers. They have very similar workloads this year, especially in the passing game. Aaron Jones is obviously their superstar on offense right now, but they're going to have to be creative on offense and what they do because Washington's front four is playing excellent right now. Deron Payne, John Allen, Montez Sweat has been a man possessed these last two weeks, and I hope he keeps it up because he's been absolutely fantastic. And then the tight ends for Green Bay don't scare me. It's Robert Tanyan. Mercedes Lewis did not practice yesterday, but it was a rest day. He's expected to be full go. He's not somebody that that moves the needle for me, and, and Tanyan doesn't either. He's someone that's enjoyed some success a couple years ago as a breakout tight end, but he's not a move-the-needle guy. He's not. Which, for on an for onus standpoint, look at Jamin Davis, you look at Cole Holcomb. They need to improve in coverage. It was ugly at times as far as them bouncing off of David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert against Chicago. They have to wrap up. Cole Holcomb's a tackle machine because he's always around the football, but just because you get a lot of tackles doesn't mean you're playing good football. There's a lot of lapses right now in his game with those two, and that's a major concern that we had coming into the year. How are Washington's linebackers going to play? This week will be a good test. You look at the front five in Green Bay, and they got some dudes up front. All-pro left tackle David Bakhtiari, left guard John Runyon Jr. He had a very tough time with Quinn Williams last week. I also wrote a piece this week on thedraftnetwork.com highlighting Quinton Williams' game, and there are a bunch of clips from film in the All-22 of Quinton Williams whooping John Runyon's backside all game long. So that's a that's a, a, a projection that you can see for John Allen to Ron Payne working against that left guard where they could have some success. Center Josh Myers, a second-rounder in 2021. Right guard Royce Newman and right tackle Elton Jenkins, who has been a chess piece along that front five. He's played tackle spot. He's played left guard. Now he's out played right guard, now he's at right tackle. Done a lot of different things for them as a second rounder back in 2019. So that's their offense. But obviously, doesn't matter who the names that they have, you got Aaron Rodgers slinging the ball. And you're going to have a chance to win as long as he's throwing the ball. It's been very ugly for them early on. But it seems like in the past, and I hate saying this, you knock on wood, but sometimes teams just always find a way to have a breakout game against Washington. Romeo Dubs goes off for nine catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. A career day for Romeo Dubs. You know, we don't want that to happen this week against Washington. I like Benjamin St. Juiced on the outside. I'm not asking him to travel. I'm not asking him to do that. Not just yet. But the guys in the back end with Cam Curl and Bobby McCain and Derek Forrest, those guys have to play well as well. Limit shots downfield. Aaron Rodgers loves to dissect that 10 to 20 yard window within the offense. Those out routes, those back shoulder throws. Not playing hero ball when he doesn't have to. Hitting Tunyon over the middle of the field. Targeting Aaron Jones out of the backfield. The little things he does extremely well in identifying what defenses want to do. And by doing that, get after the quarterback. Create chaos. They've had trouble this year protecting him at times because their receivers have not been able to separate downfield. So if you have John Allen, Ron Payne, Montez Sweat pushing the pocket, and you got guys like Shaka Tony and Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams and F.A. Obata, who have all flashed in these last few weeks, get after Aaron Rodgers. Because we all know he's not the most mobile guy in the world. He's very crafty within the pocket. You look back to the days of, you look at Brady, you look at even Tony Romo, 
Even back when Peyton Manning. These guys aren't elite athletes, but they're crafty within the pocket and understand how to make guys miss. They're turning their shoulders. They're spinning off tackles. They're ducking. They're weaving their way through the mess that is the trenches. When you get a chance to get your hands on Aaron Rodgers and get your hands on the football, you got to do that. Tackle the football. If you're going in as a defensive lineman, you're going to the quarterback. Tackle the football, get your hands active, and knock the ball out of his hands and make a play. Like to see that front four really get active this week. So that's their offense. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball where they got a ton of talent. This is where Scott Turner, like I talked about with Heineke, has to be creative in what they're doing. And I want to see them get the ground game going, even though it will be tough this week. Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed, TJ Slayton. They drafted Devontae Wyatt, big boy out of Georgia in the first round. Hasn't gotten a ton of snaps, hasn't gotten a a lot of production so far in his rookie season. But that is a lot of beef up front. A ton of beef that they can bring in rotationally. TJ Slayton, the guy they drafted out of Florida in the fifth round last year, has been a guy rotationally that's been excellent. He's improved a ton. Jaron Reed, guy they brought over from Kansas City. Kenny Clark, a first-rounder back in 2016, one of the top nose tackles in all of football. And then you move back, and you got guys off the edge. Preston Smith, obviously a guy that we're familiar with in Washington, has had some good years in Green Bay. Someone that Washington was was very high on, obviously, when they drafted him, but just never worked out. It was him and, and Trent Murphy opposite each other. Good Lord, Trent Murphy. Don't even get me started with him. But Preston Smith was was a, a decent talent out of college, but never lived up to expectations in Washington. Now he's been in Green Bay, and he's kind of found his spot, found his niche on the edge. They like to run a bare front, three down linemen, two standing up outside linebackers. Usually those outside linebackers are Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, a first-rounder out of Michigan. In 2019, that can get after the passer. They do a lot of different things schematically. Sometimes they move Rashawn Gary inside. They'll drop Preston Smith in coverage. Good luck in that. I love when they do that. That that that's an a mass a matchup that I love. If they want to drop Preston Smith out and buzz him out to the flats, if you hopefully we get Logan Thomas potentially play this week, we will see. Both he and John Bates have not practiced on Wednesday or Thursday. Again, this is Friday morning. It's not a good sign that they got DNPs on Wednesday and Thursday. Most likely they will be out this week, which would hurt this offense because now Cole Turner would be wide receiver, excuse me, tight end one, and Armani Rodgers would be tight end two. You want to have your guys fully healthy and be able to play, especially those guys, those flex weapons where they can block and they can run routes. I think John Bates has done a nice job of that in year two, and Logan Thomas, I feel like he's been dealing with injuries since he's been in Washington. He's such a dynamic athlete at tight end they need him healthy but both those guys Thomas and Bates have been on the injury report on Wednesday and Thursday so maybe it's a sign that they're just holding them out and potentially you know just being positive trying to take it easy and, and, and play on Sunday but it's not a good sign right now and most likely they're going to be DNPs today and practice and not play on Sunday there's going to be guys in, in Cole Turner and Armani Rogers where they're going to have to step up but moving back, the linebackers for, for Green Bay, they drafted Quay Walker, another Georgia kid. So they drafted two Georgia defenders within their front seven, the Bulldogs national championship team from last year, and Devontae Wyatt up front. Quay Walker at linebacker, who's shown some success this year, but has obviously a lot to improve upon, especially filling in the run and then working back in coverage. He's got speed to fly sideline to sideline. He's a guy that I highlighted as a target for Washington back we were previewing draft prospects and going through some mock drafts with you guys in each round. I liked Quay Walker. However, he hasn't 
been great, but these are kind of the rookie struggles that you see as guys at the middle of the defense, kind of what Jamin Davis went through last year. Jair Alexander, their cornerback, all pro, one of the top corners in football. Opposite side of him is Eric Stokes, a first rounder in 2021, who can absolutely fly, one of the fastest corners in the league. So if Terry McLaurin line up on him, Terry will not outrun him. It's just a, a part of Terry's game where he can rise up and be that alpha in the air and that aerial ability that he's shown. I like to see that potentially we'll get a bit from, from Cam Sims. That could be a matchup where you want to target him with, within the 20s as far as your third and five, third and six. Give Cam Sims to box out Jair Alexander or Eric Stokes and be physical at the catch point. These guys are excellent corners, especially Alexander. And he may shut down one half side of the field if they want to run that cover three and that whole third of the field is going to be shut down. But he's dealt with injuries. And hopefully Washington, I wouldn't want to test him too much. Let me just say that he's a hell of a player on the outside. But at the end of the day, you still have to pump your guys with targets and, and have the threat of being able to push the ball down the field just a little bit. So again, Jair Alexander at left corner, Eric Stokes at the right corner at safety, Darnell Savage, kid out of Maryland. I'm sure some of you guys are familiar with. Been a good player for the Packers, but Adrian Amos, strong safety. They brought it up from Chicago, kind of that thumper. He's a lot like Deshaun Gibson that was with the Bears a, a culture guy at the back end. Him and Savage feed off each other well. They drafted Tariq Carpenter in the seventh round, a kid out of Georgia Tech that has that versatility that a lot like Derek Forrest and Khalid Hudson have, guy that can play that hybrid linebacker and play safety. He's probably not going to be a factor on defense this week, but someone on special teams that you'll see fly around a little bit. So this back end for them, it's headlined by Alexander and a guy that can absolutely fly and Eric Stokes. But again, I like Washington's receivers. Now, there are some injuries on the outside. We saw that Diami had his groin, which was banged up last week in Chicago. We saw more of Dax Milne. We saw Sims, like I talked about. Now this week, he's been dealing with it again. Hasn't practiced. And then Jahan Dotson has dealt with a hammy the last two weeks. He's been out. Yesterday, he tweaked it again in practice. We will see if he's a go. I would like to have him on the field for, even if you get half his workload, I want Jahan Dotson on the field because he's been absolutely excellent. And he's, someone has to take the attention off of Terry McLaurin. I get you have Curtis Samuel. I understand that. But if there's no Deami Brown and there's no Jahan Dotson, your third receiver is Cam Sims. Your fourth receiver is Dax Mill. You don't have Logan Thomas. You don't have John Bates. It's going to be Cole Turner and Armani Rogers as those next guys to target. So we're starting to lose bodies here. And I, I've loved the depth that Washington has at receiver. But you got to have guys that can compete and play. And relying on Cam Sims and Dax Milne to get potentially four or five targets a pop and, and three or four catches for 20, 30 yards. I don't know if I can rely upon them for right now because Dax Millen's been nothing more than a static punt returner and kick returner early in the season. Has he done okay at it? Yeah, I mean, hasn't muffed any punts or muffed any kicks or done anything stupid returning balls, but has he been a, a Brandon Banks dynamic field flipper? No, absolutely not. So the depth right now for Washington is going to be tested against a corners room for, for Green Bay that has some talent. They drafted Shamar Jean Charles last year out of Appalachian State. They got nickel, nickel corner Rasul Douglas, who was good with the Eagles, was good with Arizona. Now he's in Green Bay, and he's really revived his career, someone that is almost dominant at the nickel spot. We saw them with Chandon Sullivan last year at that nickel spot, who's a good player. But now you got guys like Jair Alexander, who's an all-pro, and Eric Stokes that can run and cover. Make plays. Then you move back and you got Savage and Amos who understand what Joe Barry, who's a familiar face for you guys in Washington, remember he was here, 
that understand what Barry wants to do from a defensive perspective, especially at the roof. They want to get after the passer. They want to be physical on the outside. And I expect them to be physical and test Taylor Heineke like I talked about. They're going to show that bare front. They're going to force Washington to throw the football, especially if Diami isn't able to go, if Jahan isn't able to go, if Thomas, if Bates, they're all out. That's four guys. And you're lining up in 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, and your three wide receivers are Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Cam Sims. We've talked about it a lot as far as getting an increased workload for Cam Sims, but you want Diami healthy, and you need Jahan healthy if you ever want to reach your performance ceiling as an offense. We saw it in week one. We saw it in week two. The offensive line went to crap after that, after we lost Chase Roulie. That's a whole other ball game. But you want guys to be able to stay healthy if you can. I know injuries are, are, are part of the game and overcoming those and testing your depth. But you don't want to rely upon guys. You really don't want to rely upon in, in Cam Sims and Dax Milne for a hefty, hefty workload. But for me, I always talk about it. You guys know me. Don't care where you went to school. Don't care where you're drafted. If you were drafted, if you can play, you're going to play. And this week, Cam Sims may have a great opportunity to showcase himself to be a potential featured weapon, a wide receiver three or four, moving forward in this offense as a guy that can come in rotationally and really holster a good amount of targets as a guy off the bench that defenses aren't going to prepare for because it's going to be Terry McLaurin. Obviously, we've seen a ton of the creativity that Scott Turner has had with Curtis Samuel. They're preparing for him. Brian Robinson is now a featured weapon in the offense. Antonio Gibson is still within the offense. He's not getting a ton of carries. He's not getting a ton of targets. But he's still going to be active on game day, as is J.D. McKissick. I want to see more work out of. Heck, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Washington were even steal. You know, NFL is a copycat league. If they Washington comes out and Heineke's in shotgun. He's got Antonio Gibson to his, his left hip and J.D. McKissick to his right hip. Showing that pony, pony formation that Green Bay does. You'll see that swing screen action a lot that Green Bay likes to run. Well, they'll get Jones out to the right of Aaron Rodgers. They'll have the receivers block on the outside, getting their athletes in space. Washington does the same things. A lot of the same things. But I want everybody, if possible, to be just as healthy as just be as healthy as you can moving forward. I want to see this offense at full strength, at 100%, with guns blazing. That's what I want to see. And putting Taylor Heineke against a good Green Bay defense with all those guys out, but this is the NFL, and it's a next-man-up mentality, and I'm really excited for this weekend, and I hope you guys are as well. Because, sure, you could sit there and say, oh, Taylor Heineke, oh, yeah, he's just, you know, he's a backup. We have all these injuries. The offensive line hasn't been good. Antonio Gibson isn't getting any carries anymore. J.D. McKissick isn't involved. Brian Robinson is, is, is going to be Brian Robinson. Logan Thomas isn't healthy. We can talk about negatives all day long, but you got to stay positive because still in the thick of things. One win, you're three and four. I don't know right now if we're going to fight for a division title, but right now, fight for a wild card spot. The NFC is weak. The NFC East is by far the strongest division in football. Cool. Tip of the cap to the Eagles and the Giants and Dallas, but it's early. That's fine. You can win all the games you want. Eagles, you want to win 17 games. Go 17-0. and Sure. Playoffs are a different ball game. You got to deal with some adversity. Not everything is perfect. Just like life. You go through adversity. How do you overcome it? Not everything is perfect. 
They haven't dealt with adversity yet. Washington's dealt with a ton of adversity already this year. And I know Chicago, that game was not pretty. Tennessee Titans game was not pretty. They should have won the football game. And I hate playing shoulda, woulda, couldas. But very easily, they could be 3-3 three and three right now. But it is still week seven. And this is Taylor Heineke's first opportunity this season to show that he wants, you know, he deserves the reign of the offense moving forward for the next month until Carson is back. And we'll see what happens, how well he plays. Sam Howell, right in the rearview mirror. So Taylor Heineke doesn't have this long leash. It's a very short leash, if you ask me. We saw what Sam Howell was able to do in the preseason. I get it. It's the preseason. It's much different than an NFL ball game in a regular season where every throw is microscoped to the utmost degree. But the kid can play, I'll tell you that. And he showcased himself at Carolina for a multiple, multiple years. And when they faced the Panthers in the opening week of the preseason, how he battled them back, I get it. Faced the third stringers and fourth stringers for Carolina, same with Baltimore, where he got knocked around a little bit. But this locker room likes Taylor Heineke. They like Sam Howell. They like Carson Wentz. I want this offense to start churning out yards and churning out points like we did in those first few weeks. And I'm, I have a positive outlook towards this weekend against the Green Bay Packers because right now they're in turmoil. And Aaron Rodgers, a lot of time, you know, as a player, he's an, as an outstanding player, one of the best to ever do it. But as a human being, <laughs> I'll leave my opinions to myself, but I think you guys have some opinions as well as far as who Aaron Rodgers is as a human being. And when I was with the team, with Washington, had multiple times where Aaron Rodgers came to FedEx Field and had a chance to interview him. After games, interesting individual. And that's all I'll say. But that's going to wrap it up for today's podcast. I would love for Washington to take care of the Green Bay Packers this Sunday at FedEx Field. A massive Week 7 game where the Packers right now are trying to find their footing on offense. And Aaron Rodgers has been complaining a ton every single week. Receivers aren't open here. Not open there. Not separating here. You got guys around his legs. He's on the ground a ton. Let's get after Aaron Rodgers this week. That's what I want to see from Washington. Ron Payne, John Allen, Montez Sweat. Set the tone. Get in his face. Make it tough on the outside for guys like Romeo Dobbs and Allen Lazard to separate. Don't show this soft shoe coverage where you're seven yards off the line of scrimmage and they can run a three-yard dig and the ball is on them as soon as they turn because we know who Aaron Rodgers is as far as understanding what defenses want to do. You're in that soft shoe coverage. You'll audible to a hot route, get a guy in the flat, hit him, it turns up field, there's 15 yards right there. That's Aaron Rodgers. One of the best to ever do it. Make it difficult on the outside. Do not make it easy. They're going to throw it 40, 45 times a game. That's just how it is. You got a guy like that under center, you're going to. Make it difficult for him as much as possible. Be physical, play aggressive football, because right now you have nothing to lose. We understand all the turmoil that's still going on up top and in the owner's box with owner Daniel Snyder. I don't want to get into that too much. I want to focus on football. But within the hashes, Washington has a really good opportunity this week to beat a decent Green Bay team, get to three and four, and get some positive momentum going as they head into week eight next week on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. So that is going to do it for today's podcast. I always appreciate you guys tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter if you don't already, underscore Ryan Fowler. Again, all my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your slate of college football on Saturday. And then at 1 o'clock, FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon, Washington Commanders, 
Green Bay Packers week seven. Packers three and three, Washington two and four, looking to continue their momentum that they built after traveling to Chicago on Thursday night football and getting a win to get to two and four. So thank you guys as always for tuning in. I will talk to you on Monday morning, recapping Washington's game against Green Bay. Always appreciate you tuning in. I am Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.